On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. At the $5 million mark, that was the hardest thing for me and probably for every entrepreneur was giving up that control, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I had one, I had a manager that was strong enough to basically back me down. I was like, look, you hired me quit going in there and trying to manage my people. I'm like, huh. Yeah. What is it? Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it tastes a little different when he calls them his people. <laughs> yeah. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, everybody. I'm Chaz Wolf. I've got Vince Hauser on the King stage today. My brother, how are you? Very good. How are you? I'm good, man. You know, we were just talking off stage a little bit. For the listeners, you guys can't see, but uh, you know, Vince has got some some nice white tail in the background there. We were talking hunting and fishing, all the fun stuff outside of business. But um, Vince, tell us what kind of business you got, man. Uh, well, the, I've got a couple, but the uh, biggest one that I have is Absolute Services, and we do. We do HVAC, garage doors, plumbing, and electrical work. I love, I love the spread. There's also something that that I would definitely want to get into. You basically mentioned that the king move is is in multi trades mm-hmm. uh, in in your pre interview. So I want to definitely get into that before we dive into the journey of how you've gotten into this multiple trade conglomerate that you have. Tell me why are you here today? Like what not? Like why are you pushing even still? Like you've had you've had so much success. What keeps you moving? Even with this, the success that we've already had, I mean, I have a much bigger vision of where we're going to go. So I, I still believe that we are in our infantile stages of, of what we're going to be able to do over the next few years. So I love that. You know, we have got a vision, five-year plan, and, and we're we're staying for the most part on target with it. But uh, but all of it is far more than what I would have expected if you asked me the same question five years. Yeah. So I guess my, my question underneath the question there is, okay, so five years ago, you wouldn't have necessarily pictured you're here. You've got another five-year vision in mind. And, and now you think your current state is small. Is, is, that a, is that something that you've learned over the course of time to continue to you know, express the, the vision or the, or the bigness of it? Or is that yeah, something that's kind of come along the way? Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, I started the single trade portion in garage doors in 2008. And for approximately 10 years, nine years, maybe, I don't know the exact number. I mean, we were doing right at a million dollars in revenue and I mean, we were successful. We were profitable. I mean, but I was like, man, I am working my ass off and I could probably go work with somebody else and make as much money as I make right now. And so I decided I'm going to educate myself and do something different or grow this company beyond what it is now. So. I joined a implementation group is what they call themselves, CEO warrior. And that opened my eyes in that first meeting to just things that I never even knew that were even feasible in the home service business. 
So, you know, I mean, at that point, I, you know, I sat there with my wife and I was going through that meeting. I thought, man, if we ever made it to $5 million a year, because I was hearing these other people talk about doing five, $6 million in revenue. I'm like, I would have so much money. I wouldn't know what to do with it all. You know, <laughs> and, you know, and it, it only took us about a year and a half to surpass that after yeah. once I realized a lot of the things to do that we just hadn't done in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. I mean, it sounds like there was a lot of, you know, you were in the one lane and there was a lot of opportunity outside the lane. You just, you just hadn't really pressed into it much. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it go, it's all basic business practices and. I mean, I knew how to fix garage doors. I felt like I was one of the best at doing that. I could talk to people, but without, it's all about systems and processes. And that's what I preach all day long, every day to everyone in our company. And, and until I put those processes in place, I mean, the moment I did it, I mean, within three months, we literally doubled in size in terms of revenue, but, but probably 50, 50 to 60% of that. Just had to do with, with average ticket because I was, I was in a mindset, I believe is another huge, huge portion of it. Yeah. You know, and I was of the mindset that if I, if I save this guy, then I'm in his house. If I save him as much money as possible, he's going to love me. Right. And, uh, so. And that's not the case. Is, no, absolutely. It's 100% wrong. I mean, is what I found out was that we were, we were losing a lot of customers because I was doing this guy's so-called favor. It may have only lasted for six months to a year and then right. broke again because yep. I didn't give him an ultimate solution when that's when that's what he really wanted. Yep. And then they call somebody else with the ultimate solution or they right. call me back and go, you're an idiot. You were just here. Why didn't you fix everything? Right. And so when we changed up that whole process and give people multiple options, our right. average tickets like triple overnight. I mean, yeah. and our Google, Google ratings, every, every every rating that you could get feedback that you could get was like 180 degree. I mean, it was unbelievable how fast that went. Yeah. And so then we just continued to double down at that, at that point. You know, it's interesting. It's the mindset almost even in, in a sales perspective, what you're referring to of, of being able to genuinely help people all the way for, for the listener's sake, I'll, I'll throw out this example, just to, to carry the thought of what you're saying. In, in some of my early businesses, Edible Arrangements franchises, I would do the same exact training. Now, it's a completely different scenario of what you're talking about, but this is the same conversation that I would have with employees. And they thought when, you know, when Lucy Sue called in to get a, 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 an edible arrangement that she was trying to spend the, the least amount possible. And so they would sell her a $35, $49 basket and it would have some cut up fruit and it would look pretty. And, and then they felt that they did a good job. But really what Lucy Sue was looking for, it was her grandson's soccer tournament and they were in the championship game and, and if, and, and she wanted to be able to share it with the whole entire team. And if, if we had sold her the, the biggest basket that we had that fit into a soccer ball container and had her son's grandson or grandson's up a Jersey number and pineapple numbers on top with a congratulations balloon on the outside and individual treats to hand out for pops afterwards, you know, she spends $180 instead, but she's like glowing with that experience. Yeah. That's I mean, what you're talking about. Yeah. The expression that we use is quit, quit selling with your own wallet. Because that's, that's right. What I, and that's what I was doing. And we, and we still have guys that work for us today that do that. And that's the mindset we're trying to break. You yeah. know, it, it's a pretty simple, you know, once it was laid out to me in terms of how people buy, there's 10% of the market that will always buy the top auction. They are the best buyers. They're the people 
no one needs to drive the Mercedes Benz, you know, they, but they exist. You go, we'll hit you back and forth. That's right. And, but there's a certain 10% roughly will always buy at the top. 80% are going by in the middle auctions. 10% are going to buy at the bottom. And that's the math. If you present it every single time, that's the math over the whole, how it will work. So, you know, well, we started really tracking those sort of things. And then, and can, and you only got to get a few people to buy in on it inside the company. And then it goes crazy. You're like, well, yeah. how does he do that? Exactly. And so, cause then, they're going to get the results instantly because this is how people buy for sure. Without a doubt. Even yeah. we've even just displayed it across not just different industries, totally retail franchising and trades. Like it's yeah. the same. It's the way people buy. It's business. It's yeah. business. Hundred percent. I love it. I love. I love the synergy. Okay, so let's let's go back to before seven figures. So many years ago, mm-hmm. before you made some of these adjustments, and and I want to know if some some decisions that you made. But bef- before I go there, even tell us like how you got started. Is this the first business? Was there a business no, before well, this? So I started my first business when I was twenty four. I was I was working for a lumber yard as an inside sales guy, and I was like, man, I am building these guys' houses. These guys don't have a clue what they're doing. That's right. So I came home and I told my wife, I'm starting my own building. So I did it. And and then then I got into pouring basement walls because I couldn't okay. find basement wall contractors. So we had, had right. a partner with that. Long story short, it was the first kind of recession time in nine, sure. I think that was ninety-nine. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and I was starving in the winter. I mean, it, you don't pour concrete in the winter. Houses nope. weren't moving, and I'm like, this sucks. And I had a friend of mine tell me about a job in Florida, pouring concrete walls. So I moved to, anyway, after some negotiation with them, I worked for a, a huge production home builder down there. And, and, and then that's where I got my first taste of, this is how you grow a business. Now, I didn't own it, but sure. I was starting a new division of, in, in Florida, almost everything is concrete block construction. And this company wanted to do solid concrete exterior walls, just like what a basement would be. And that's what I was good at. So I started that three years into it. I mean, I literally took two guys with me. Three years later, we had over 150 guys for wall. I mean, wow. but it was all the work we could handle because this is, you know, early 2000s when home building was just, oh, you know, and I was like, there's right. no way this is going to last. Well, yeah. in 2008, we all found out that it was not going to last. It didn't last. <laughs> and unfortunately, the company that I worked for, they, they ended up going bankrupt, but it wasn't from building. It was because they bought too much land. And so they got stuck with a bunch of land that they paid too much for and no one wanted to buy it. So no money. Anyway, I had a friend of mine that was in the garage door business. And for years, he had been telling me about. I need to get in doors. I'm like, man, you can't make no money in garage doors. You would make, you know, you know, I'm yeah. concrete. Yeah. And when you don't have a job, it looks pretty appealing. Look more attractive. You know, that's right. I like that's right. That's right. So anyway, that's what got me into, I started, uh, my garage door company with me and one other guy right out of the gate. Just that survival. I love, I love the, the beginning of it. I love your history in sales. I love your history in, in pouring into another company, literally, I guess, pun intended on pouring in, uh, but you know, just building, building that division. It sounds like it gave you practice on someone else's dime right? to be able to yeah. come into your own thing. Another huge thing I learned in that, I know you don't deal strictly with home services, but I, 
I, I, at that point, I made a decision. I am done with new construction. I'm not going to play that up and down cyclical market. And That's right. Where it's all dependent on the economy. And so, you know, I, I'm like, I'm going into something that's really more service related. And, and that's what we, we did. I mean, less than 1% of what we do is new construction. It's usually yeah. that's only for like existing people we have that we work for. So. Right. Which is, is amazing because you did, and maybe you did realize this at the beginning. It seems like from, from a high level now that starting in the service there is what allowed you to eventually then offer service in these other trades. Cause it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's just a different skill set. It's just a different yeah, so, offering. Well, I mean, I'll give you the story how that went down. So I was the first year I went to the CEO warrior meeting and I was, that's when I got my eyes open and it well, and I, and I came back the next year, we literally went from 1 million to 3 million that year. And man, I thought I am like the big, biggest rock star ever. I was sitting in the room and brought another manager with me and I'm like, you know what? If these guys, because there was guys in the room that were plumbing, there was a lot of plumbing in HVAC guys. Sure. They that are two trade companies. I'm like, and I look, so I'm like, if these idiots can do this, I know I can. Literally what I said to them. Yeah. And so I laid out what I was going to do, and they tell me, don't do two trades at one time. You're going to fail if you do it. And I'm like, well, apparently you don't know me. And right. So I went back and, you know, had to deal with some, acquiring licenses which, sure you know which what yep. most people do and so i got all that done and we about three or four months later i was in the hvac in the plumbing business so yeah and, and off and running you went so okay <clears throat> let's talk about a good decision that you've made along the way you've kind of already given us a slight hint to a few of them but what i'm hearing so far is that you've just had this tenacity that you've got this experience with other other businesses you obviously started your own out of survival I love the mindset of if this guy can do it, surely I can like that. That's a true optimist. And I relate to that, but give us a specific example of a decision that you made along the way that really turned the corner for you to be able to where you are, where you are today. Joining the best practice group. I mean, if, if I were to do that over from yeah. day one, I would have got into some sort of best practice group. Yeah. I really, I'm not a believer in hiring a one specific coach. Sure. I think you need to be around a lot of people. Yeah. Board of directors. Or, yeah. Well, I mean, just more ideas and they're, you know, in those groups and all the, there's, there's several to choose from, but in, sure. in every business, it doesn't matter whether it's home service or not, but just to be able to see guys that are at all different levels so that you, you know, it's somebody's experience what you're experiencing. No one does anything new anymore. It's pretty much a hope. So, you know, if I would have got in that group in 2008, when I started, we would be probably in the 10 figure range. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and because of that decision for you, do you think that, I guess I'm just trying to relate it to the, the, the listener. The listener's a six figure person. They haven't scaled yet, but they're hearing you say, join a group, whether it's the, the, the warrior, say the name of it again. CEO warrior. CEO warrior or gathering the Kings, you know, whatever there's right. trade specific, there's not trade specific you can, you can press into something so that you can unlock things that you weren't thinking of. My question to you is, do you feel like you had to go through a period of time of kind of like banging your head against the wall to be open to it? Or would you oh, have absolutely. been open? I mean, back then? Well, we had four years in a row that we did a million dollars. So we hit the wall. You Got know? it. And, and, and part of that, that journey. And I, I read and I listen to podcasts too. That, that started after I got into 
CEO warrior, but interesting. You know, there there's when you start studying all business, it doesn't matter what you're in, right. there's a stair stead of walls that you're gonna hit. And it's typically and it's almost verbatim what I I mean, we went one million, three million, five million, ten million. This year we're gonna do twenty million. So we skipped the fifteen, but those are typically the steps that everybody hits. And I mean I hit them almost to the top. And at every level, if you don't continue to level up and have managers and other people level up with you, you will not make it to the next level. And that's some of the stuff that no one ever taught me or I never even heard until I got into those groups. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it seems as if like, if you and I knew what we knew now, you would just go to that person or go to that group and go, okay, give me the blueprint. And then you just, there's just no ego at that point, which is kind of my point of Sometimes, sometimes as entrepreneurs, we've got a little bit of ego and that keeps us from finding the group, listening in the group, pressing in to the different people in the groups that are out there. And I think that those are, those are holdbacks, but I love the, I love the decision there. Well, this is the crazy thing. So, I mean, I own my other company. I Shortly, when I, once I hit that $3 million mark, I opened up another company where I host a garage show. So I'm the biggest garage door wholesaler in Kentucky. And we did, we've done that in four years. Uh, Every guy that comes in the door, I try to teach them exactly what we do. And I mean, I lay it out and here's my price book. Here's everything we do. Um, here's the whole blueprint and take a wild guess at how many of them will actually implement. And, and they're like, how do you do this? How how do you have all this building? How do you have all these trucks? I mean, we've got like 80 trucks now. Yeah. And, and I, here it is. I'm laying it out. Not on the. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not the first time I've heard that. That's not, that's not the first time that someone has come to me asking for things and months later still haven't done it. Do so again, applying this to the listener right now, before we we hop over to your bad decision, why do you think that that is? And, and why would you encourage them to be like, not that way? If that makes sense. I'd say it's, I think it's all mindset. I mean, because the all I you, I hear the same thing when I'm trying to help these guys that it, it's exactly what you're talking about. These are guys that are doing three hundred, six hundred thousand dollars a year. They're maybe one man in a truck. Some of them are one man and two trucks, or I right. mean, two men and two trucks. I'm sorry, but they're very small operations, and they have that mindset that I, you know, that oh, you're selling stuff people don't need. You know, I can assure you other than shelter, food, and water, you don't need anything else that you have. So why are you making a decision on what anybody needs? Almost everybody buys by want, not by need. That's right. So, I mean, that, that's the mindset. And that was the biggest thing that the group that I joined really hammers on is, is the personal growth and the mindset portion of it, that if you don't get past that. I mean, because literally that's all they did was lay the blueprint out, but then they also uh, talk about mindset. And then I, you right. know, when you read and study more on it, you know, until you change your mindset, I don't care what anybody gives you. You're not, no one implements. Then you got yeah. to drive. You know, I mean, I have to drive. I want to win. Right. Or what it is. Right. Yeah. That you're right. Mindset is everything. I think that that's what holds most people back. And that's why you're, you got to have a little bit of that hard knock, a uh, little bit because you got to get frustrated. Because if you don't get frustrated, you're probably not going to make a change. But I mean, and, I think you just say almost any guy that's a one or two man operation, regardless of what it is, they're frustrated because they didn't join it. 
I mean, because literally they have nothing but a job. The whole thing they would buy a job. They don't have a business at That's this right. point. And, you know, that was one of the things they said in that first time that I went there. And then they kind of smacked me in the face. I'm like, you know what? I really don't have a business. I do have a job. Because like, if, right. if I don't go in there and work every day, I probably ain't making no money. That's right. You know, and, and I, I just want to highlight that because you're, hundred percent true and accurate in, in, cause what you said, you were doing a million dollars of revenue. So most people look at the million dollar market and go, if I can just get there. And, and in my experience and several of others that, that I run with, that's, that's just the transition point. Um, and so we use this warrior to King language. And for me, the warrior is the six figure, even early seven, where you're just very much about you. You're in the battle. You got the bloody sword. It, it, it's just you, maybe a couple of guys to your left and right, but the king stage really is about building the business and building the team and even taking care of your community and your family, all these other things. It's a much bigger platform, but you don't really start to even get there until you're at that million dollar mark. And that's, that, that's just like the very beginning of it because the mindset shift change. Resources start to be a little bit more abundant and you start you know, developing team, your team, key players, stuff like that. But none of that comes if you, if you stay in the, what you're saying, the job, you yeah. know? Well, it's, and I mean, even when I was laid the blueprint out, I still fought it for several years or we would have grown even more faster yeah. than what we have. I mean, that's not even the right word. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you don't need to know the right language to grow, do you? Yeah. I'm, I'm from Kentucky, so forgive me. I love it. I'm we're a Midwest growing. guy too. So we're, we'll just be regular Joes together. How about that? <laughs> but, well, good. Okay. So tell me, tell me about this, this bad decision. Vince, like, t give us the give us the nitty gritty of what you did wrong, man. Uh, well, I mean, not implementing everything that was laid laid out for me fast enough. You know, something the time to me. action. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I mean, I'm an implementer, and I went and I implemented what I thought is all I needed to, and I can handle sure. the rest. Got it. But the steps that I left out is what forced us to stop at those next stairs. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Can you can you give us an example? Because I, I you're right on it, but I want to. I'm curious to hear at played organizational out chart is number one. There you go. I mean that that's one that I thought that's stupid. Who needs a chart on the wall showing everybody's job? That's the dumbest ass thing I ever heard in my life. And and so when we hit the five million dollar mark, I was like, you know, maybe that is needed because until people know who they report to, until they see what the future is in your company. And that whole map laid out in front of them. Yep. The other thing is documenting my vision. You know, it was in my head of where I wanted to go, but people come to work for you because they like the vision that you have laid out. So right. until I documented the vision of where, you know, this is where we're going to go. This is how many people we're going to have. This is how many trucks we're going to run. This is the markets we're going to be in, you know, and that's what, that's what it, you know, inspires people to come and work. So we're. You know, early on, I mean, I was just really, really scrambling to find employees. And then most of the trades we have now, now I can pick and choose. I mean, we get multiple right. applicants a day where I hear other ones are just crying the blues that they can't find nobody. Not saying we never have employment issues, because clearly we, we do, but, but it's a whole different ballgame than what it used to be when I. Organizational chart was a, was a big one, not completing yeah. all the checklists for every single. I only put checklist in for the part I thought was the most important. Right. So the board defined that I got that process down. Yeah. Other tracking of numbers. I didn't, you know, that was the first thing we did, but tracking and posting that, you know, because the, the posting of the numbers 
it they call it gaming gaming the system but everybody wants to win you know or most people if they don't want to win you don't want them on your team anymore they're not yeah they shouldn't be on the bus yeah so when when all those when here's the data what everybody's done and nobody wants to see their name at the bottom of the list even most losers don't want to be worse loser so if anything it levels up you know your your c and b players and the f you need to get rid of them anyway but these yeah. you probably need to get rid of, but yeah. You know, so there were there were several of those things I was told to do that I thought was stupid. Why do you need a PDM wall that has a bunch of data on it? But but those are there's a whole bunch of those little things like that that really combine. You know, I mean, we we stress small incremental improvement daily, and it leads to exponential growth, and that's what we shoot for daily. So I mean, we're even though I may have a target in mind, I won't. I don't say if, if you don't close at ninety percent, you're fired. Okay, if you're closing at 60, I want you to close at 61, you know, and we'll get there. Yep. Yeah. I love, I mean, it's all, it, everything that you just gave is mindset. And it's the shifting that you made these, these shifts along the way of even just thinking that something was stupid and then going, you know what? Let me prove it wrong. You know, I've had, I've had other guys say that same thing. I thought the advice was stupid, but I thought, you know what? I'll do it just to prove them wrong. And it ended up working out pretty good for them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in almost every case, I mean, they were right at the beginning. I just, I, I ignored it. I thought I knew more than they did. And that was the case. I wouldn't have been there to begin with. You wouldn't have been there to begin with. I think the, the biggest thing that I can take away for the listener right now, even just like over both good and bad, everything you've kind of been talking about, yes, mindset, but really it's the, it's humility. It's going, okay, you are where you are because of the way that you think and where you've been. And so if you're trying to go somewhere different, like Vince is talking about, you just got to listen to different people or you have to, you have to hear a different song. Even if that uh, song sounds a little silly. You know, in my other office that, that I have, or actually at the office, I've got this huge sign that's right behind, right behind my chair that says nothing changes if nothing changes. And I put that up right when we started. And that's been like one of our biggest mottos. Yep. You know, everything is absolutely going to remain the same if you don't do something to make that change happen. Yeah, I love it. Love the perspective. Okay, is, is there any events, anything that you follow, a process or a discipline that you have around decision-making nowadays? Yeah, I mean, we have some decision-making criteria, but all, I mean, all of it goes through, through process. I mean, of course, the first thing we're going to, you know, what, what, I mean, court, depending on what type of decision it is, I guess you sure you can say there's a lot of different, more, you know, different types of decision business, but it has to do with what we're doing on the job. I mean, it's all going to be, you know, is this going to increase sales? Is, is this going to increase profits? Is it going to increase customer satisfaction? So it's going to go through several of those layers to make sure that at all levels, it's going to be improvement. Right. You know, I, I guess it's really probably in all the way through the company. That's, I mean, we actually have it typed. I don't have it in front of me. You caught me a little bit on that. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. We have so there's a pro- like seven things that these are the decision-making criteria. Love which it. Which I got from the group that I'm in. And if, if it's somewhat of a major decision, we, I sit down with my, you know, two or three different director level people and, yeah. and then we'll go through and make a decision on it. I mean, sometimes I override them, but most of the time we agree. Yeah. No, I think that there's a, there's a huge benefit there without even knowing the steps that, they, that, you know, it might be a little unique per industry or per, per ownership scenario, but 
I think having, I think what you just said to kind of simplify it is these things make sure that this decision get us what we've already identified that we want. Mm-hmm. Am I hearing that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, what's the problem that we're solving? And we don't want to create another problem by trying to solve this problem. I mean, that's right. the easiest way to put it. Right. Well, and I love what you said, uh, whether it's sales, profitability, customer experience, those are, those are the target. Like that's where we want to be. We want to increase these things. So does this thing, this decision that we're trying to make help us do these things? If it doesn't, then we, we give it the boot. Pretty easy. Okay, Vince, I got some speed round questions here for you. Curious to know your thoughts on these. But the first question is this, if you could dwindle down the entire business, all trades, all locations, all trucks down into one metric, what would that one metric be? Closing rate. Closing rate. Okay. And why? Well, it doesn't really matter what the dollar amount is. If you don't close, close the job. I mean, the two that we track the most that will move the needle in any business is average ticket and closing rate. But if you don't close the job, average ticket zero. That's right. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But those, that's the two things that we judge almost everybody in our, in the, in the company on, including the managers on the people that they in. Yeah. So, yep. Love it. Okay. And what book would you recommend that a six figure business owner read trying to get to your level? E-Myth without question. Great book. What's your one takeaway? Just everything in the, in the company needs to have a system and process. Yeah. Okay. Do you, you've already mentioned your, your warrior group. Do you network or mastermind outside of that? Or is that kind of like your one place? And, and if no, I mean, I'm in a couple other groups. They're yeah. all industry specific. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're in a couple of those, of those coaching groups where they, sure, you know, they'll bring in I mean, even bigger ones than what we are now. And then, sure. And, you know, they're, that we're involved in. The, the value there you've given, obviously, that helped you make some, make some directional changes early on. Is there other value in just running with other entrepreneurs that you found? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, I don't even know what book it is that I read it. I know it's in multiple, but you know, most of the time you can, you can pretty much take the top five people that you hang out with, average their incomes together, and you're just going to be within 10% of that. So the only exception of that is, is that you read and listen to a lot of podcasts and then part of your core group becomes those books or podcasts. So, you know, it's. You know, and that's, that has been difficult to find people, you know, in the range that we deal in now in terms of revenue, there's not many people around locally that you can talk to with that. So then you have to go, you know, it it makes these groups, these best practice type groups, even more important in my mind, you know, to be able to, because I mean, even though we're probably in the top 5%, I don't I really feel like we're at the infant stages, but I, I need to go to see somebody that's got 300 employees to see what the next level is. Right. Do you find value? You kind of just said both ends of this, the spectrum here. And, and so it's a curious question of mine. That's not normal here for the show, but you are positioned, like you just said, where you're in the top 5% already, probably even a smaller percentage, honestly. But it, what value is there for you in that group where you have 95% of the people that are behind you? What, what's the value there for you? Well, I mean, I, I do a lot of coaching of them. I mean, they're sure. some, I mean, I, I just the giving back, I guess there's some satisfaction. Yep. Hey dude, I was in your spot just a few years ago and right. I still wore work boots. I wear dress shoes. Now. You know, if yep. you, as long as you stay in that truck, 
you're going to be in that truck forever. So you got to make that move. But then, I mean, uh, to have access, you know, now it's almost like it's a pay to play deal now that I've, that I've seen. So for me to even have access to these guys that do 50 million or hundred million, you have to be in some of these groups to even get access to pay another fee to go be in a, in a group of 20 people that we're all big time players. Yeah. And I never in my life would have envisioned I would have paid to go be in a group like that. And we do it multiple times a year. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, just the, the mindset that you're sharing obviously is, is the differentiator. I can remember personally too, when I thought this is nuts, why would somebody ever spend money on a conference or a group or a coach or whatever? And I think that the reality there is that you just don't know what you don't know until you do it. And then you're like, whoa, I do this a hundred times over, a hundred times over, a thousand. Okay. So you give us some really good perspective there. I got a question for you around the management of the business. If, mm -hmm. if you only had one hour per week to operate the business like you do now successfully, what would you do in that one hour to operate the business? Review reports. Okay. And what do you like? Well, how does that uh, how does that trickle down? Like, give us get, like you review reports, and then and then what happens? So, so everybody in our company has scorecards, you know. So, you know, we haven't mentioned that yet, but I mean, the scorecards are it's really you know that this is what we're going to judge you on. So even at an interview level, we lay it out. Say here's the metrics that we're going to judge you on, and uh, you know you're going to be in the red, yellow, green territory, and pretty obvious you don't want to be in red so you know even managers you know they have their their sets of numbers that they're being engaged on sure and you know so i mean we i want to see margin reports i want to see you know i mean we really push like google reviews i want to see okay i'm a what's our google rating how many did your you know did your division get this week last week whatever right were there any bad ones if there is so we're going to have a big problem on drilling down on why that happened is we don't want everyone those. I mean, there's going to be the occasional 0.1 or 2% that you're just not going to please. And you're going to get, one, but yeah. it's rare. And they, and the key to that is just, we do everything we can to try to please them. Yep. Sometimes we just agree to disagree, but reviewing those metrics at the, at the management level, you know, now kind of thinking it. That was the, at the $5 million mark, that was the hardest thing for me and probably for every entrepreneur was giving up that control, mm. you know, and, and I had one, I had a manager that was strong enough to basically back me down. I was like, look, you hired me quit going in there and trying to manage my people. I'm like, huh. yeah, I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it tastes a little different when he calls them his people. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's good, one though. of those steps. That's one of those walls you will hit. And, 100%. You know, there's some dictator type bosses that will net. Those are the people that are stuck at $5 million. Yeah. And, and probably much smaller, if we're being honest. You're so, you're so accurate. I love, I love the, the storyline and even just the small examples. Last question here for you, Vince. If you lost it all. No more plumbing customers, no more HVAC customers, mm -hmm. no more garage door installs or services. What would you do? Start over. Same no. exact trade, same exact everything? 
I mean, I wouldn't go in with four trades at one time. Uh, I, I would, it would be a big toss up whether I would go in garage doors or, or H by because okay. I mean, we do very well in both of them. Yeah. But yeah, I would, uh, I mean, that, that I would start over tomorrow. It wouldn't, no question. Do you think that you have that confidence now because of the success that you've seen, the knowledge that you have, like what, what gives you that place to be able to say so smooth and calm? I just started over. Well, I mean, I, I, I unfortunately through be a, you know, just what, I mean, with the economy and I, I mean, I lost a job that I, there was no reason for me to even lose it. Um, other than that company went bankrupt. Right. And so, I mean, I was there once, I mean, when I, down there, I was, it was great. I mean, times were good until they were. And, and as we mentioned, you know, I, I spent a lot of time fishing. I had several hundred thousands of dollars that are at the bottom of the ocean, basically, that I spent fishing that I probably should have invested far more wisely. I didn't. Didn't. That made it a little more difficult to start over. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've done it once, but I know way more now about what I shouldn't have done in the startup phases and what would do, I mean, what I would do that would instantly rapidly grow whatever company it was then that I that I went in because all 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 these business practices that we that I've learned in the home services, ninety nine percent of them are applicable to every single business out there. And that book, the Emets, what really opened my eyes to that. You know, I mean they talk about hotels and restaurants and I'm like, how in the hell would that have anything to do with a garage? But once I realized, okay, well, everybody doesn't sell like I sell. But if I make them all sell like I sell, they'll have the same result that I had. That's right. Because you know, I'm at that time, I thought I was the world's greatest seller. Until <laughs> I, till I taught people how to do it and gave them a checklist, and then a lot of them outdo me, which right. is great. I wish they all had. Yeah. Yeah. So much. I mean, we could go, we could go for another three hours on, on just that couple of sentences that you gave to us. How can the listener connect with you? You've obviously, you know, given your free time here today, which I so am appreciative of, but. Your mindset is on a next level. You, the, the, what you've done is, is amongst the few, but how can someone connect with you? Email is probably the best way. It's Vince at absoluteservices.net. And I don't always get to the same day, but I, I get sure. to all. Yeah. We, we just appreciate your time. The, the value, the, the value that you've shared here today, I know that you've spent a lot of money on. So thank you for, for giving that freely, not only just of your time, but also just of the things that you've already paid for knowledge wise. We just appreciate that. We wish you absolutely nothing but success. This has been an incredible interview. All right. Well, thanks. Thank you for listening to gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe 
that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.